Citizens of the Verse, today is April 4th, 2953, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and tonight I'm joined by my co host, the man whose ships have their own ships. It's Mr. Seagard Olson. Hello, Seagard. <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> man with ships with ships. Ships and, with ships. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've got a blast from the past as well joining us. It's Gothic. Welcome back, yes. Gothic. Hey, thanks. Yeah, glad to Good see to you, back. you back yeah, on the show. Yeah, man. It's been a while. I think it's been at least a year. Citizen Con was the last episode I was on. Of last year? Uh, whatever the most recent one was. Yes, yeah, so oh, I guess. Yeah, yeah last it week. was. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. I thought it was for uh, longer ago. But you know why? Because I keep staring at the episodes counting, and then I keep forgetting that. Um, I keep forgetting that. Uh, we restarted. Oh, I'm thinking the first episode you were on, which was not a year ago, but it was like June or July. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, anyway. that was a while back. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. A little frog in my throat. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's talk about what we've been doing in this past week in the Verse Gothic. Why don't you catch us up to speed on your inverse activities? Yeah, I've uh, I've just been enjoying 318. I mean, I know there's some issues with it, but I don't know. I feel like every patch has its own quirks. Um, but I've been hauling drugs <laughs> to make to make my money, and uh, I was doing salvaging. But I think I think the vulture is my cursed ship of the patch. And uh, yeah, what's uh, what's cursed about it for you? The seat it bug just, or something else? No, it's just the ship. There's always a reason it explodes anytime I take it out. Last patch, it was oh, the wow. Carrick. Every time I pull it out, you know, it's something go wrong and I'd blow up. And it's just, there's always a cursed ship, man. Huh. That's, uh, that's no bueno. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully the dot two <laughs> patch. <laughs> <That's a feature>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully the dot two patch will help. Yeah. And we got room on the reclaimer. We took that out once. You weren't there, but we're going to take that out more. So, yeah, I'll be um, looking for the next one. Yeah, that was very. What about you, Seagard? What have you been up to? You know, I, I, it was kind of a busy week. I had my brother coming into town. I had some work. Um, I had my birthday over the weekend, so I only got in one mission with George Dumont. You know, my known uh, de guerre. Um, I guess <laughs> that's the term. Is that the term? Yeah, known de guerre. My alternate name. Um, and that was fun. I mean, it was, uh, it was nice. I just took out the Aurora and, uh, I got, uh, I had some nice views. I, you know, I take pictures along the way to kind of capture my memories as I play it. And, you know, Hurston was looking really red. The sky was red. It was like sundown. So as I'm leaving the, the building, you know, you can stare out the hallway and look you know, fantastic looking sky was on fire with smog. And, you know, I really kind of looked and there's garbage everywhere. I mean, I, I truly, George Dumont lives on Hab level four, C4-6. You know, it just, it is a cesspool. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's great. But, you know, then, then the planet was was nice and calm. It wasn't really bad this time. It was nice and clear, and I got a beautiful snapshot. Um, 
And then I was able to do my first fiery, fiery entry into an atmosphere. I'd never done that before. I had mm-hmm. never gotten that. So they, you know, they got a great picture of the Aurora and like a fireball and, and it was actually still running. It wasn't crashing. It was good. So yeah, it was a fun day. It was a couple oh, hours wow. of play, but it was good. You've never had reentry effects before? No, I never have. I, I don't know if I, I don't go fast when I come in. So I come in, you know, I try to stay around the SEM speed of the ship. Five I think it's about when you quantum in, like if you if you don't quantum to a marker from an OM, then you should see atmospheric effects on planets where there there would be some. So in this case, I had to come down manually. I could not quantum down to the site. Yeah, so that would yeah, be why. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Although supposedly it's pretty systemic yeah. as well. I um. I played a little bit over the weekend, some more salvage. Um, I was actually playing with Droez. Um, is it Droez? Drows? I should probably ask I him. I call him Droz, um, is what I call him. Yeah. Droz, Droez, Drows. Um, he was... he was. Um, He's fun to play with. Yeah, he was bringing a freelancer and offloading my cargo. Because I found this big, like, uh, you know spot with like nine or 10 different scrap pieces. Right. So we filled up, we pretty much filled up as much as we could before the server was feeling funky. And then we, uh, then we moved on, but, uh, it was pretty fun. He, he, you know, obviously we had to sell it at a no questions asked terminal. So we lost about a thousand per, um, box plus or minus. But uh, it was still fun to be able to do that. I can't wait till we can actually do that without having to lose out on the on the the amount. Um, and then I've just been watching a lot of content. Like yesterday, while I was working, I had on, uh, you know, I was sitting on my lounge chair, and I just decided to start playing some of the old Citizen Con videos for some reason. Oh, they're always good. Yeah, I, I mean, the only downside is the 2019 Citizen Con, which was. You know, the last one in person until the next one coming up. It was great. But, you know, there was a lot of language around server meshing next year and all that stuff. Gotcha. And it's like, here we are three years later. That's right. But, you know, that's Chris's fault. That's probably why they didn't put them on since then. So um, it's, it's actually not server meshing. It's server crochet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, pretty interesting stuff. I don't know why I'm just super fascinated with it. Um, Yeah, so that was my week. Uh, Hoping to get a little game time in this week before I head home for Easter, but I probably won't. And then next week, my boss, my new boss is in town, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, um, But hopefully we'll see some improvement patches by then. Uh, so last week we had a really dense ISC. It was the four year anniversary of inside star citizen, which was the, um, sort of spiritual successor to around the verse. And, uh, it's actually the 150th episode as well as Jared's eight year anniversary. So (laughs) a lot of stuff, um, coming to fruition. If you counted as star citizen, uh, news shows in general, it's over 400 episodes but isc that's been 150 which is crazy so we've had almost we're about to hit two-thirds of isc's episodes 
<laughs> wow. Uh, in less than four years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how about that? <laughs> and that's with, after our less than regular with, year last year. With resting session, with with resting sessions in between. <laughs> that's right. So how about that? Um, but uh, it was a really action-packed uh, um, show with a ton. Of, it was essentially a giant sprint report. Uh, first, they showed off um, 600i turrets that a new staff member is working on, making them look a little more hefty, a little bit more origin, a little less flimsy. Um, we saw a final art look at the SRV. So I wouldn't be shocked if that comes into 319 unless they... Um, don't have ship-based tractor beams, and then maybe they'll wait till 320 or something. Um, we got gray box of the Lynx Rover, finally. So now, Seaguard, you get to see what comes with your wonderful Phoenix. I don't have a Phoenix. Uh, oh, I, I got rid you of had it. one. No, no, I got oh. rid of it. I Because I have the 600i. The, I oh, hate yeah, to have I'd too many luxury ships. I. Yeah. Uh, we saw the Crusader Spirit both the, the cargo and the bomb variant, as well as the Sentaki I. Um, uh, and we got to see a little bit of a concept of the landing gear that they might be going with, which is a little bit more unique and very bug-like. Um, we got a first look at the algorithmic movement of Boyd's, a.k.a. sort of like birds and fish um, that we'll see in the verse. Uh, they did not have their animations. We got... Another look at some props in the verse. Um, so weights that you might find at the gym. And they showed off throwing it and how it had real physics. Uh, although the throw was really weird. They showed a new functional coffee machine. As well as three new cups. Including one that looked like Star Kitten. A Big Benny cup. And the Crusader Whale cup. They showed off a concept. Well, more than concept. Sort of a demo of how we could put different posters in our habs. And they're like these digital posters that come out to certain points, which looks really cool. Um, they created a new contraband called grasping weeble eggs. Don't know what those are all about yet. Um, they lowered the fog in Hurston to make it look more polluted. Um, the force of microtech are going to be more dense as well as more performative. They looked pretty good. Uh, they showed off some new platforms that they're going to have on Crusader for hotels that and other play space that can be used for missions and exploration. That'll be in different points of interest besides Orison. Uh, we got to see the Hurston prisoner drop off, including um, both the place you put the prisoner's cryopod um, or dead body, I'm guessing, the cells, the supply shop, as well as the bounty board that you can check for more bounties. They showed off how quickly they can use the building ed editor to generate new interiors. Um, we saw color palette variation as well as wear and tear on armor sets so that there's variation both within um, missions, but also when you find them looting. Um, and then we saw an amazing look at Hurston at night, including some incredible lighting. I think the best lighting I've seen in the game. Um, so, uh, Gothic, uh, I think you mentioned you had a chance to look at ISC this week. What what were your thoughts? I did. Um, I thought it was good. I liked. Uh, I really liked the armor wear and tear. Um, everybody mm -hmm. looks so clean, so I kind of like that. People will be a little more dingy looking. 
Um, and just, you know, some variation instead of, you know, everybody having the same, whatever, I don't know, venture armor, you know, whatever, like Mm -hmm. everybody or or all the nine tails guys, you know, they shouldn't look so uniform. They can look a little beat up and gross. Um, I thought the posters were cool. I hope that you can put them in your ship because I mean, I, when they were talking about them displaying bounties, I mean, that'd be cool. Cause I try to live in my ship as much as I can in the verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like bounties and the bunker missions and stuff are typically what I do just to occupy my time. So it'd be cool to, you know, wake up in my ship. There's a poster there saying, you know, there's this bounty for so-and-so and there's a picture of them and then you can, you know, and then you accept the contract and go on. That's um, very cowboy bebop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the jails, the, you know, the, it, well, the bounty hunting 2.0, uh, mm-hmm. that looks really cool. Um, you yeah. know, just like the medical centers when they fleshed out, they look great. And I'm sure that these will look just as good. Yeah, they definitely, it's, it's nice to see them. Sorry if anyone hurt my roommate with his very loud sneeze. Um, <laughs> Put his lungs uh, back in. <laughs> <laughs> The, the hard part for him is I think he has like, I'm one of those people I literally sneeze three times. This poor guy sneezes like eight times. And I'm like, Jesus. Um, I was going to say, oh, it's nice to see that they have also sort of these specialist locations where you might be able to get like better armor or weapons based on faction, not that, or not faction, but reputation. Not that they said that that was the case, but it, you know, that's just my guess is something that'll be able to happen. Um, Anything else, uh, Gothic? Sorry, I interrupted. No, you're good. Uh, no, uh, th- they showed like the fish and stuff. I don't really I don't care about. I'm not planning to fish. I don't really care about that. Um, yeah, the forests getting a little more dense. That could be good, just because you know, like when you go to Microtech, the forests look great as you're passing by them. But like if you get down on the ground level with them, they, <laughs> they sometimes leave it a little. It doesn't bit look to like a forest. Desired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Seagard, how about you? What'd you think of the episode? I liked it a lot. I, and I, you know, I have to admit the view of Lorville was just amazing. Um, you know, and the fact that, you know, one of the guys even said, you know, at first he thought it was a photo. I can't remember who it was. He thought it was a photo, but then he realized it was the actual game footage. <laughs> it's like, you know, like a, a drawing. Uh, it does look fantastic, and the detail is incredible. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I was really excited about the armor also. Uh, you know, I do like to start out with pristine armor, but, you know, uh, I do like the idea of it getting scuffed up a little bit and maybe have yeah. some bullet marks in it and the cloth being a little torn. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. Uh, you know, it was it was a very, very good session. Um, trying to think what else was there. Um, that's the two big things that stuck out, right? I mean, that was it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, I I think, obviously, Lorville was amazing. The bounty location um, was really cool. It, you know, it shows off an idea of what to expect with bounty hunting in general. The posters were awesome. The other thing I forgot to mention when it comes to the posters is... You know, they're, they're things that you could essentially take away. Like, say, you could pick up a poster IAE and keep it in your hab. Um, they mentioned that they could also potentially be used for missions. Like you like you said, Gothic, with bounty hunting, you might be able to do in-location missions where you post, you know, bounty hunting uh, wanted posters around 
landing zones and stuff. Um, so that was really cool. I think the ro- the Lynx Rover actually looks really nice. I will say it seems a little excessive. <laughs> um, <laughs> real fancy. Real fancy. Doesn't seem as useful as an Ursa for me. But I guess I can see why people would find it uh, really nice to use with the with the Phoenix and especially if you're touring, uh, but good stuff. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Um, and then last week we got a pretty, I would say the best star system live of, of the year. Uh, in my opinion, <clears throat> just from, uh, it wasn't just talking about people, but you know, they, they talked about the AI sprints, um, and they had Francisco there, um, he talked about the review process. They showed a demo off of the AI being able to essentially see objects and hear objects in yeah. the demo. It showed uh, the hearing bubble, but they were kind of like missized. It was more of a, a, a site demo, but um, still it's good to see how they're programming that out. Um, you know, they talked about how the, the AI will have to judge after identifying what's happening, they'll have to judge the ship or whatever phenomenon it is based on the scenario. You know, are they of my faction or not? Is there a reason I should be alarmed at a ship coming in, etc.? Um, they showed off AI pushing a trolley through a door. Um, and in this instance, the, the AI had to stop and press the door open. Um, but, you know, the AI would also know if it were automatic um, you know, they might also behave differently if the weight of the trolley exceeded the, you know, if they were nervous about pushing it up some sort of ramp or something. Uh, they showed AI again navigating cramped locations and avoiding collision. Um, they demoed uh, softer stopping animations versus the sudden sort of halt and jitter that we have today. Um, they showed off a cost map for AI, which show, you know, involves danger and, and potential dangers like low lighting situations, fire, it's, uh, you know, obstacles, etc. cetera. Uh, we also got to see AI load up a trolley with boxes. Uh, we saw them interacting with guns, their behavior around grenades. Um, and they talked a lot about how AI might be doing a task. And then, you know, if you come, and interrupt them, they'll have to deal with you, but then they will return to their task if they've survived the encounter. Um, they spoke about how M- NPCs would behave during, uh, if they were downed, what would be the conditions for them being revived. They showed an instance of an NPC being revived and then also, you know, first picking up their gun before interacting with you again. Uh, so some pretty, pretty good stuff. Um, I know Gothic, you mentioned something about this um, via, um, uh, I would just wanted to call it teams, uh, discord. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts were. Yeah. I don't, I wasn't super, I don't know this didn't really get me that excited. Um, mm-hmm. because I don't first the animations, right? Like the game looks good, but like if you watch that little, you know, character they had doing all that stuff, like it was, Super clippy, super janky, mm. like the interactions between things. They did um, say the animations weren't done, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, how long have they been working on this stuff? You know, like, yeah. I know, I don't know, like, it's it's been a long time, and I haven't even been 
following the game that long and I, I really don't follow these sprint reports that much just because you know I yeah. do that for work I don't, <laughs> don't want to do it for fun but um, I don't I don't know it wasn't super I don't know all this all this uh, these reports they put out you know about the AI and all this stuff we've been accomplishing and then like they show you that and it was it wasn't it, it wasn't that great I don't think um, I mean mm. it's, it's cool that they've got AI that can do that but I don't know there's a lot of games out there that can do a similar thing and like, you know, you load into the game and, you know, everybody's T posing. Now I know that that has to do with like the server, uh, tick rate. Um, yeah, tick rate, but I don't, I don't know. It's, I, I thought they would be much further along than they are. I thought that there would be more to it than just a guy pushing a cart around. Um, mm-hmm. just based off of everything that they've been saying. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, if maybe this was not the right video to show. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I was expecting more, I think. Mm-hmm. What What are your thoughts, Seagard? Uh, uh, I kind of felt this. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't say that I was overwhelmed with it. I mean, it was... Um, yeah, it was okay. Uh, it's it's good stuff to see and hear, but you know I kind of agree with Gothic. Um, it's I know that they're capable of doing more than that. Um, you know I also know that you know typically anything that's got an AI behind it, they never let it engage at the range that real people would engage at or see at the range that real people would see at. Um, it's certainly in game even now. It's uh, kind of sneak up, shoot one guard, the guy next to him scratches his butt, shoot him, the guy <laughs> yeah. in front of him staring at him, stares at him, stares at you, and then you shoot him. I mean, it's not hard. Um, there's no, there's certainly no tactical um, approach to it. I mean, you know, I look at, you know, I, I get the idea it should be fun and challenging uh, but not overwhelming. But I mean, there are certain military tactics that I, I would expect. Mm. Um, you know, moving from cover to cover. You know, cover me while I move. You know, I get up, spray some shots while you sprint to a building. Um, you have a, a heavy weapon that oversees your area that you're protecting, not one standing in the middle of the you know the cargo platform with a gun out. All right, it's. You know, guards are not that stupid. They are in, you know, they are when they're security guards and they're guarding a mall. They're they're there to be visible. But when you're in the military, we don't just stand out in the open. I mean, it's mm. a little bit more than that. It's stand in the shadow, stand near a tree to break up your outline. Um, you know, don't fiddle with your weapon because it makes noise. Scan for the, look for motion. Look for things that are out of out of you know, out of um, out of the norm, we wouldn't just look at the fence line. The fence line is going to stop anyone from getting until they show up there. You're looking at how they how people are going to approach your position. Right? It's, mm-hmm. There's just some logic that would make it more interesting and more fun if you had that different levels of implementation, right? Yeah, maybe these are the the junior team for the junior high school or the middle school that's guarding <laughs> the landing pad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this would be like the Cub Scouts. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think, 
I think a little bit more of the planning um, would be good. A little bit more organization of the guys, like a leader, a leader style guy, and four or five guys would make a fire team. Well, you get the you get the idea. Yeah, my <laughs> my point of view on it, just to sort of pull back a little bit, is this was a, an example of AI tech that they're working Correct. on, right? So this isn't the totality the totality of AI right. behaviors and abilities, but more so some of the things that they identified. The question is, it's hard as a viewer. We don't know. We don't know if this is a natural part of them building the AI. We right. don't know if this is in reaction to things that they noticed felt less realistic once they had, you know, once they were testing AI. We don't know you know, if it's in response to some sort of missions that they like, for instance, the AI pushing the carts that could simply be them trying to figure out, um, you know, cargo loading and unloading within uh, the PU, or it's more around a specific mission in, in squadron 42, where you are interrupting AI loading a ship, or maybe it's just background AI making something seem more realistic. Uh, it's sort of hard to tell. So it makes it really challenging to sort of see the big picture. You know, the way I think about it is we, we saw in previous AI reports where they showed off sort of the different levels of comfort AI have with combat. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that I noticed from that sprint was, there was some kind of realistic behavior in terms of how they were shooting behind cover and, and the ones that weren't comfortable con- con- yeah. combat were a little and less sophisticated. And that's the close com that's the close quarters combat guys, yeah. right? Yeah. They're within twenty five feet of you. You're in a hallway or exactly. someone dropped you in a broom closet with two guns. Yeah. Um, that's what that is. But you know, most battles are gonna happen at a hundred and twenty five yards. I mean, that's an infantryman lives on a football field, you know, 300 yeah. yards and then closer. And the hard part, it's all dangerous. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean, I don't mean it in a, uh, a negligent way about how, how easy it is for a guy to survive combat. It's incredibly trying. And, but the hard part technically is crossing the open ground to get to exactly, where you, yeah. you can fight that way. Um, and that's missing in almost every game I've ever seen. Um, yeah, you know, and well, I feel like this is going to be more close quarter and or ship based, just based on what what I've seen so far. I think the only the thing that that stood out to me, to, you know, referencing that older video, right. was now the thing that I didn't like about the animations that we were seeing in that old video was the way the animation was stopping reminded mm-hmm. me of like the cowardly lion stopping, you know, like a really weird kind of like jumpy stop. And so then I'm looking at the new blending sort of mm-hmm. motion for them stopping from, a from moving and it not being a hard stop. Hopefully they're doing the same thing when it's sort of more of a sprint and around cover, because as it is, as it was in that last video, it was like the AI might have well, might as well have been going whoop 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 whoop, but just seemed like very comedic, <laughs> right? Right. Motion. 
and and that's what what was getting me in the the far older video and i was like okay good they're working on solving things like that oh they you know guess we'll see like remember i don't know if you remember the video where they showed how they would have like 200 ai enter a room from different directions like a big area and they would cross the room very much like a real crowd would do that Um, yeah and you know i see that in the character in the ai now when they're walking the guy will kind of step around two people that are talking he won't go through the middle or yeah. He'll stop Sometimes. and hesitate, and they shuffle. <laughs> yeah, they shuffle a little bit, uh, but generally they kind of bend around things and meander in a direction. So, and some, and I really noticed the other day on a on a good server that there was definitely different types of paces. Some people were moving yeah. with a purpose. Some were kind of scuffing their heels and hemming and hawing, waiting for something. And uh, you know, it really looked good. So I know it's there. Yeah. Um, I, and I know they're getting there. They, they need the horsepower to make it work, shall we say? But yeah, um, yeah I do get I do get tired of. And part of the George Dumont's mission record will lay down. You'll see some definite uh, mentions of how combat occurs. <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> that it'll talk about little little. It'll allude to the AI. Excellent. Yeah. Um, There I go again. Excellent. Yes. One hundred percent. So, yeah. I almost (laughs) feel like that's my way of saying, "All right, let's move on." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Enough. Enough. Enough, sweetheart. Shut up. (laughs) But I do it too. Like I can meander with the best of us. Yeah. Um, This week, uh, first of all, IFC is on hiatus for a month, and Star Citizen Live. Um, isn't going to be on this Friday because it's Good Friday, which is a bank holiday in the UK, which I'm painfully aware of. Um, As opposed to a bank closure in America? Yeah, no, they call it (laughs) the the UK, they call call holidays where you get the day off from work bank holidays. There you go. Um, But funny enough, it's not a quote-unquote bank holiday in New York, but it is in our Dallas office and it is in our Georgia location. So <laughs> it's not one it's, it's not uh, one for the Minnesota company I work for either. Yeah. So just the five people in our New York office out of an entire company of ninety people have to work. <laughs> it's a little unusual. My boss is like, Yeah, we'll take a half day. Um but uh, there will be tomorrow a nice uh, chunk of updates. We'll see the roadmap roundup as well as both uh, monthly reports from March. So those are something to look forward to. That's good. Um, 3.18.1 is uh, still progressing. They're doing their internal testing with that. So hopefully we'll see that launch soon. And then we haven't gotten um, a new uh, 3.18.2 since this weekend. I know they were play testing some of the uh, um, dynamic events. Did anyone hop on the PTU or did you decide let's just keep making money in the PU? I I only played that once, so I really didn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just PU. I don't, I don't play in the PTU. Yeah, I did. just didn't feel like it. <laughs> the PU's stable enough-ish for me. Yeah, it's... To, I mean, if they really needed help testing, maybe I would, you know, copy the instance over or whatever. But I just don't. Uh, it screws up every time I try to play it, so I just don't want to do it. 
Yeah, I'm just well, gonna keep building all this money to not spend until after they release the patch. Well, hopefully, it's knock on wood they don't wipe the money. All yeah, the well, content creators, <laughs> all the content creators keep saying it, but there has been no indication from CIG that they would be doing that, and I feel like they would have tipped their hat by now, considering all the content creators have been saying it. Um, who knows? We know they're great at, you know, we know they're <laughs> well, great at setting surprise. our expectations. Um, but uh, hopefully, fingers and toes, that that won't be the case. Um, so we, we did get another broadcast from George Dumont. Um, so why don't we listen to the captain's log here? Personal Journal. George Dumont, April 3rd, 2953. Wow, I'm speechless. I survived my birthday, but I'm not sure how. I have to admit I learned some things from this one. Some the easy way, and some the hard way. Starting from the beginning, I finished up work and headed back to my quarters for my gear. I left my quarters in Hurston and immediately headed to the spaceport and my beautiful Aurora. I took a right out the door and immediately passed the typical piles of garbage spilling out onto the walkway. While waiting for the elevator I looked back at the large windows. It was still light out but almost dusk, the sky was heavy and thick with red smog and pollution. It would be nice to get off planet again. The ship was ready, and I easily got out of the hangar and headed into orbit. I immediately quantumed up to Everest Station looking for a little bit of safety under the station's guns. I decided to take a chance and I took a mission from Amalgo Disposal Service as a scrap runner removing some scrap. As I was freelance it was a simple digital contract. I had to pick up the scrap at two locations and dispose of it as I saw fit. This really seemed like a great deal. It cost me fuel and time but I got paid 3k and could sell the scrap for even more profit. I happily set a course for Ariel and HDMS Lethan. The flight went smoothly and soon I had landed and entered the shipping office. Two boxes of scrap were waiting for me, and I hand-loaded them into the back of the cockpit. After a few moments of thought I ran back in and bought three SCU of Laranite. As I got into the ship a Crusader cargo ship arrived. I think it was a Mercury Star Runner. It was a nice ship and thankfully it was not a pirate. Soon I was on my way to the second location on Hurston. The location didn't have a name, just some coordinates. As I'm dumb as a brick, I did not even consider that might be a problem. <laughs> as I jumped back to Hurston, I started having some problems. The ship's navigation system would not let me jump directly to the site. The system also would not find a navigation point for direct flight. I was blocked by the planet. After fumbling around for about ten minutes, I finally burned perpendicular to the site and got a clear shot. I also finally knew why my ship had been sold by its original owner, electrical system problems. I would look at that when I finished up the mission. I immediately jumped to the abandoned location and landed. I shut down my engines and jumped out to find my scrap. The site was abandoned but there were some towers, containers, crumpling buildings and part of a ship on the ground. I was casually admiring the site until I saw the armed pirate standing thirty yards from me. I froze and he froze. Not knowing what was going on I just started looking for my packages. Well that lasted for about five seconds. He shot first and missed but I shot high and missed. 
as he kept blasting i accidentally hit him in the butt and then the chest and then the head putting him down i am a terrible shot but luckily for me weapon rise is a thing the second guard found me a few seconds later as i rounded the rubble wall at a run he shot and hit the cargo box i was standing next to but i hit him and he went down man was i jacked up grinning ear to ear i walked out into the open and looted all the ammo i could and one of the rifles i also took the scope and muzzle break off the other rifle i happily continued looting the site and looking for my scrap without a care in the world until i ran into the next five guards luckily they were eating washing and cleaning weapons it was short and one-sided but i was able to take them all out as i looted these five the wind started to howl and soon i was getting knocked around fairly good as i'm an idiot i hadn't realized the wind was actually from a cutlass black landing behind me note to self don't listen to music on the ground being clueless i did the first thing that came to mind i ran under the ship the gunfire from the turret was still blasting but the ship's landing gear was caught on the wreckage on the site all i could do was dodge the gear and try not to get cooked by the vtol thrusters finally the ship settled down and i found myself staring at a little panel that said open or close again acting on instinct i hit the open button granted it was bad instincts and there i was facing four heavily armed pirates again we all froze as they unfroze and reached for their weapons i dumped three magazines into them in a daze i looted them like the other pirates i soon had the ship under control but had to lock the turret gunner in the turret and ended up killing the pilot finally i cut the power to the turrets and weapons trapping the gunner i took a moment to catch my breath and regroup i looked out the side cargo hatch at my beautiful aurora which was a burning wreck what a disaster needless to say i salvaged what i could from my ship which included the three scrap boxes but i could not find my agriatium i finally made it back to lorville in my pirate cutlass i downloaded all my loot and remaining supplies the local security would not let me keep the cutlass or the trapped gunner they did help me file my insurance claim on my aurora we will see how that works out i'm tired and going to bed I guess I will head down to the insurance office after work tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> that actually all happened. <laughs> I had no idea. I looked at that first guard. He looked at me and I just thought, oh, he, he, I couldn't see any pirate markings on him. He just had like that turquoise armor. I said, mm -hmm. oh, maybe he's not a pirate. Maybe he's a good guy. So I just kept walking. And then he shot at me. I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part was the uh, Aurora being a burning wreck. I think oh, was... <laughs> yeah, I had not even thought to look. And I couldn't figure out why the gunner hadn't hit me initially. And then as I figured it all out, I opened the cargo door and I'm like, oh, crap, my ship's destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue for probably five minutes. <laughs> oh, so. so that was that. my true adventure, George Dumont. So. Good stuff. So how how much money does George Dumont have now? Because he, he's your zero to hero, right? So yeah, he's my zero. He doesn't have a lot. I mean, he's he's because uh, I actually they had they did a reset, but mm. I think you know I ended up with a lot of stuff out of that. I didn't. I lost the Agrisian, which was a couple thousand for sure, um, and I couldn't really sell the scrap because it was on the car the pirate ship pirate ship. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I picked up a lot of weapons. I picked up a lot of food, some armor, uh, not the pirate armor either. The, the other armor that was, you know, scattered around. Um, so I, I, I suspect I lost, you know, more than half of what I put into the Agrisium. Let's put it that way, which wasn't a lot. I mean, it's only three boxes. So yeah. I suspect that, you know, I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. When I bought the Agrisium, that was, uh, about 8,000. So I, I probably lost about four, but I bet you I got four back. And I don't have to fix my radar or my electrical system in my Aurora. So it's... <laughs> there is silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Don't have to change um, the oil. Don't have to refuel it. Don't have to rearm it. Sounds like a re- win-win to me. Don't have to wax it. <laughs> <laughs> George Dumas, an Aurora and a Dream. That's it. That's right. <laughs> two, missions, two missions in. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, well, it's interesting to hear his ongoing saga. Yeah. For sure. Uh, now that brings us to tips and tricks. And we've got a few here this week via our Discord. Uh, first up, Captain Kieran. He said, not really a tip per se, but if you're running bunker missions, be careful. AI has is excellent now. Uh, playing 318.1 PTU and their crack shots. Carry plenty of med pens, citizens. Nine tails mean business. Um, Canuck2099 said, fast travel tip. When on foot Norrison, if you go into what is considered restricted areas, like beyond and down the stairs from the Kovalex, Kovalex Center, that would be in, um, uh, what's it called? The, the platform, the construction platform. Right. Um, the game automatically teleports you directly to August, August Dunlow Airport, Air, uh, Spaceport. Why can't I talk? I promise no gummies. I would say maybe one um, too many. <laughs> nope, nope, I wish. Um, so no need to ride the taxi, just buy what you need, then head down to the cooling areas, and poof, you get teleported with a restricted area message. He then adds an addendum. The teleport trick does not work quite the same with ships. Restricted areas will teleport you out of your ship and into the spaceport. However, you will get a crime stat one for trespassing, second degree, and have to pay a, a fine of, he said 2,000 AUC, AUEC, I think it's 20,000. No, it's it's, um, it's two. I've had it. <laughs> I've oh, had it's it down out. to two? Yeah, yeah. I've had that uh, that per, or, uh, trespassing thing happen quite a few times in her. Oh, I thought, it was tw- I thought it was 20. Maybe, no, did they change it, or was it, I just misread it? I don't know. No, I don't know if it changed, but that's that's the price. They're they're real quick to zap you out of your ship if you get in that trespassing yeah. zone. I know. I I my ship gets um uh frequently um why can't I think of the word impounded in the hangar I was told to land in. Um, which is always fun. Um, footnote, check out the for science section for some more on this topic of trespassing and crime stat versus fines. Uh, Mr. Tim for PC said, 
Only tested this in Area 18, but as of 318, the hospital gowns, empty bottles, and really anything that you go to sell, and it says $0, will actually give you a dollar in AUEC. I know it's not going to make you rich quick, but good for a few bucks. A few space bucks. Um, ooh, isn't that a thing? Um, so those are the submitted <laughs> tips and tricks. Uh, Gothic, any anything come to mind for you? Um, I don't know. Stay, stay, stay strapped. Uh, cause you know, just cause pirates come, I've had a couple run-ins, um, you know, the soft death, the pirates, if you're hauling, you know, they're not trying to blow you up. They're trying to take your stuff. So if you've got, you know, like I've got an MSR, um, so I don't know, carry a gun on you because, because just because they shoot out your ship doesn't mean you have to let them get your stuff, you know? Yeah. I would even say, don't just carry a gun on you. Throw one in, throw some in the gun racks too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe even have some crew. <laughs> right. Uh, that was going to be my recommendation, by the way, because I was watching uh, Mongrel Squad uh, clean out a Carrick full of lithium uh, the other day um, on the YouTubes. What about you, Seaguard? Anything? Yeah, so I did. Uh, so, so I flew the reclaimer. I was getting it out of atmosphere and flying it over to uh, Crew L two, I think it was. And um, I had deliberately. So the first thing was getting it out of atmosphere. Uh, pull the power away from your weapons. Leave yourself barely enough weapons power. Put most of it into burn in, uh, into thrusters and shields. Um, and you're going to get out of out of atmosphere in pretty good shape and with good strong shields. And later, I I was able to actually, uh, as I was quantuming, um, and I came out of quantum there, uh, Cruel two, um, I happened to just literally doing a you know the reverse look out the back of the ship, and uh, I could see a torpedo coming from me from was what was probably. One of the uh, stealth bombers, what are they called? The uh, Eclipse. The Eclipse. Coming from a long ways away behind me, a big white dot. But because I had the shields boosted in the back, and it's pretty big ship anyway, they they just shrugged it off. It wasn't even, uh, there was literally no damage. So uh, it's something I highly advise. Um, you, use you the extra engine power. Mark? I did, I got it as I came. Uh, oh, okay. I started burning away from coming out of quantum, but he was waiting. <clears throat> which is, it means that people are starting to figure out where you're coming out and mm-hmm. waiting for you to pop out, which is kind of what they did in Eve, right? It's very predictable. So, uh, you know, I would have your shields ready. You got to survive first before you fight. And uh, then you can transfer to your weapons power uh, and away from your engines to give you good shields yeah. and weapons. So that would be my number one recommendation, I think. And trip. Yeah. I think to add to what we talked about on the piracy front, the video that I saw, they were they were sort of patrolling pretty common um, uh, cargo areas, you know, like Bezdeck, Lathan, and everything. Um, right. So, you know, be yep. very mindful if someone's trailing you or if you see other people at the landing zone. Um, right. Be mindful of maybe taking a different route back than expected because what they were doing, they had someone 
in a mantis so that you couldn't quantum out Um, because the character would have survived if they could quantum out but it was i know one thing i don't think i will be soloing a carrick um yeah in the near future i think i will at least want one or two other people so that we can fly and avoid um while also shooting because the guy who i saw them rob he was he got out of the pilot seat stopped flying and you know hopped in the remote turret and and then he hopped in the blower turret and like that that's a lot of free hits you're giving um without any any crew so definitely be very careful yeah you know what i forgot to mention something that george dumont did i put it in the story deliberately i did actually fly up to the station to use the guns as protection um Uh and that's another thing don't just come out of quantum or come up into the orbit and just hang out looking and figuring out where you're going to go to if you don't have a plan immediately get inside the donut of the station or get within, you know, the cover of the station. Um, if nothing else, the station can block missile shots at you, right? You got a chance to dodge out of the way. Um, cause they will lob, they can lob missiles into that. Um, but you know, you, it's going to be hard for someone to strafe you while you're up in there. Um, so use the cover that you got and, uh, it's, it'll keep you alive. <clears throat> All righty. Um, next we got some submissions for science. Uh, the first one was actually from you, Gothic. Um, and you had said, rail guns now deal less damage than they used to, but will punch through shields. You can't single shot a fighter anymore. And it'll take four to five direct hits to take out a cuddy. However, big ships aren't able to just soak their shots, soak the shots with the shields, since the hull will be taking damage. That's good to know. Yeah, um, yeah that. Uh, so it used to be, I think, it was like maybe two hits. I think to take out a cuddy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, I don't know. Sometime earlier, or I guess like last week, I was out um, in the vulture. And happened to have a railgun from a uh, from bunker mission, and mm-hmm. the guy—I don't know if he was trying to be a pirate or what he was trying to do—but he was trying to take me out, and so <laughs> I ended up, excuse me, I ended up getting soft death, but EVA'd out of my ship, and I guess he was still looking for me, and I managed to take him out with the, the railgun, but it took a lot longer than it used to. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Uh, that's a hard one to shoot too. I. I'm not, I'm not good with the the heavy weapons like that. Um, Canuck twenty ninety, Canuck twenty ninety nine, uh, regaled us again with the rest of his findings. He said, "In tips and tricks, I talked about using the trespassing mechanic as a bit of a fast travel system. And I explained that if you get a trespassing second degree charge, the fine is two thousand alpha UEC." When you got to the security terminal, you have the choice to pay the fine or surrender. If you choose to surrender, you are teleported to Kleischer Rehabilitation on Aberdeen in the Hurston system, in the Hurston, uh, I guess it wouldn't be system, Hurston, near Hurston. Uh, how long 
Do you have to stay in prison with a crime stat one from trespassing second degree, do you ask? The time it takes you to walk from your cell to the terminal at the center of the prison, your sentence should just be about done, give or take 10 seconds. You are then released. You leave the prison and arrive at Everest Harbor. So you avoid paying the 2000 Alpha UEC fine, and you also get moved to the Hurston system without moving a ship or spending any money on fuel. Yes, I know it's an exploit, but hey, it's for science. Uh, Canuck, I would say that's not an exploit. I would say that is a um, an overlooked scenario. Um, what about you, Gothic? Anything for science? Oh, you already said you already said what you had for science. <laughs> yeah. Anything else for science? Uh. No, I've noticed that the AI is the suppressors in this game apparently have gotten very good because if you run one and you do a bunker, like you could blast the guy right in front of another one and he won't he won't <laughs> notice if you've got the suppressor on. That good AI work that they yeah. <laughs> yeah, eleven years in the making. Uh, what about you, Seagard? Anything for science? Um. Well, yeah, for science, here's a good one for you. It's, uh, again, another one George Dumont learned. If you find yourself at a place where you just killed a bunch of pirates and you're supposed to pick up scrap there, there's no scrap mm-hmm. there. It was a trick. You don't. You won't find any. I looked around for probably 10 minutes. <laughs> and then it dawned on me. Like, oh, there is no scrap. <laughs> I was like an idiot. So. So yeah, if you if you haven't done one of those, there's no scrap at those locations. But there was a lot of loot, so I did pull out gems and some uh, ore and things like that. So nice, good. Um, I did not do anything for science. You see, I'm trying to switch up my transition words there. <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm doing such a wonderful, excellent job. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, and now it's time for Seaguard's question of the week. All righty. So last week, Seaguard asked. Are you in favor of a scanner attachment for the Pyro multi-tool? How far out do you think how far out do you think it should scan and be visible to others? Um, just so you know, it was I it spelled says, that. Do you you do you you do you you how far do you you? Um, <laughs> and apparently, I am not as good at reading out loud as I am in my own head. Um, uh, CM Fries says, I think it should be like an addition to your helmet, um, like a motorcycle helmet's visor where it was external and it could flip off or on and would be weaker than your ship's scanners. There should also be variants like a combat one where it could outline an enemy in red and friendlies in green or a mining salvage one where it might highlight mineables and salvageable vehicles then one like three times the value and it could do both. Um, that's interesting, CM4Is. Thank you. 
Captain Kieran said. Ooh, I like this idea. See, now I hear his voice ever since I met him, finally. Yeah. And I just hear his his voice and his mischievous... He just has a mischievous tone to his voice. Anyone who's talked to him, it's just something mischievous. We we know you're mischievous, Captain Kieran. Um, anyway, ooh, I like this idea. I'm not sure how and what I do to make it or what limitations, etc. But it sounds fun. Color me intrigued. Uh, and he spelled that the British way. Would be cool if it was the if it was the best way to locate gems for rock mining, as it is a real pain for searching for them at the present. S. Gateman said, perhaps not a scanner attachment, but a jammer attachment that jams the helmet scanner and maybe garbles comms in a small area fanning out in front of the multi-tool. Careful not to point it at your allies, and they'll, or they'll also be jammed. I could see, potentially see a scanner multi-tool attachment that scans for something specific, like scanning plant material to see if it's edible, more of a scientific field instrument than a tactic tool. That's a good point. Right. Um, Jen Lee Annoyed said, how about a scanning attachment that works like a parabolic mic? You can listen in from long distances or impersonate someone else on the net. A little deception and misdirection. Um, would be cool as part of a comm station on a ship. Just saying. Um, Canuck said, no, while I feel the multi-tool is versatile and adapts to a lot of the beam mechanics, the multi-tool has no means to display any meaningful information that would be expected from a scanner. A dedicated hand scanner needs to be developed with specific screen output for non-helmeted use or on a Bluetooth HUD display for helmets. And while I would not support the recycling of more beam mechanics, we've already got enough beams as it is, I think they could recycle the pulse animation that we see in ships for scanners and use a very similar mechanic so that learning to use a hand scanner is not too different from using a ship scanner. Uh, Gothic, you said, I think it'd be helpful for hand and rock mining. What I'd more like to see is an attachment for the tool that is a plus one for the scanning features of a ship, something that can be used like a location marker to help miners, salvagers locate whatever someone on the ground is just marked. Um, Strikeout Actual said, uh, This attachment could be useful, but please don't let it turn into an all-seeing eye with crazy range. I would also like to see certain moons or planets offer interference to hand scanning due to their atmospheric or magnetic pull or the similar. It would be nice to have some places where you need to trust the good old Mark I eyeball to find really valuable stuff. Uh, Great White Shadow said, I'm thinking far future here. It would be cool if you went to secret areas or during covert infiltration missions, the future FPS minimal slash display went away, and you use a hand scanner to find your way. Maybe it shows alternate or hidden routes. I think it would um, only be short range, say five meters. Maybe it has to be programmed for the task at hand, and it would have to connect to your helmet or a specialized helmet to uh, output info. In that case, I'd be for it. Um Excellent. Seaguard, what what were you hoping for? Do you, do you want a multi-tool scanning? Yeah, I, I think there needs to be something along the lines of, um, you know, the alien, the little alien finder, the beep, beep, beep kind ah, of thing. 
right? There needs to be something that puts that suspense in there. Um, you know, I, I also do think, you know, you get close to some areas and it's, it's pretty hard to navigate when it's dark out there and the flashlights aren't working. You need something that helps you navigate back to your ship around obstacles in front of you. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how many times I literally have walked into a rock. I mean, the rocks are way too dense right now, and I think they know that and are working on it. But but it would be nice to have maybe a view that appears on the device in front of you, like a like a electronic flashlight. It gives you a 3D image of what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can look through that little HUD and you can see a topographical view of rocks and things that way you could smoothly navigate um, to your final yeah. destination on foot. So yeah. something like that I think would be helpful and you could put it on your helmet. Don't get me wrong, but I think that, um, I think that the, you know, the average guy out there wouldn't have that in his helmet. He would have it as part of a device. I think that, yeah, the rich guy, the Bill Gates is, you know, and Chris Roberts of the world, um, would have it built into their helmet, but the rest of us wouldn't. I mean, we would be out there stumbling around, holding a candle in the wind, you know. Um, so I just think that would be a cool thing to have. Okay. Um, I think personally don't know about a, a multi-tool hand scanner. You know, one thing to sort of um, to sort of react to what you had just said, you know, supposedly we are sort of the rich people in the verse because we huh. own ships and that's like, you know, that means something in the star. I Citizen heard that, yeah. Um, you know, maybe not Bill Gates, but right. supposedly we're not the average person um, because we can afford these, you know, the whole idea is that there are a lot of people within the verse that, um, uh, you know, there are a lot of people in the verse that essentially, uh, don't ever leave the planet that they're on or they take public tra- public transport to other planets, you know, hence right. the, hence the transportation missions that we'll have in the future. So there's that, that piece essentially. I think the other thing to note is, um, uh, you know, I think personally, I would rather see, you know, we already know that the helmet ping is going to be a thing, or, or actually, they didn't say it was the helmet per se, but maybe the suit, right? Or some sort of computer on your suit, correct? But I personally would love to see something sort of like in Prometheus, where you might have a special set of like scanning probes that aren't ship based, but are like, you know, maybe you bring out a case and you can right. start mapping a cave with them. Yeah, it'd be very something cool. like that would be really cool versus constantly pinging and updating your map. I would love to have a solution that is more than that, more, you know, long lasting. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of um, what I would be thinking, but you know, who knows? Uh, and, and maybe the, my main thing is I don't think the multi-tool will be it. I think the multi-tool will be, will be maybe for scientific scanning of ob- individual objects. That could be, yeah. I see it as much more industrial. But I'm sure we'll have a lot of different ways to potentially scan in the future. Um, so what's your question for this week, Seaguard? 
So we have a question and kind of a request. So I'm going to do the first one, which a actually question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh actually gothic gave me this idea the other day um make sure, yeah, i think it was you gothic who said that to me yeah i'm just yeah. all over the place this week yeah so uh the the first one is is that you know he we kind of talked a little bit about you know the george dumont story and at gothic said it would be really cool to hear some of the other people's backstories for their characters so that's the that's the ask uh you know I'm sh- as I'm sharing the George Dumont story, you know, share your story of your people and your characters and tell us what they're about. So that's the ask, and that's optional, obviously. Um, some of you may not even have thought about it, and that's fine, too. Uh, the technical question is, um, so... Where is it? Oh, I had it blocked out. Let's see, uh, the second one is, uh, do you think tractor beams will be balanced with hand trolleys, forklifts, and other manual cargo loading tools? Right. Uh, when I heard about all the tractors being able to lift everything, I immediately thought, wow, why do we need hand guards? Right. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, I hope we still get to use those things. I just want to hear what everyone else thinks. Okay. So both of those are posted. So. Great uh, question and or point to, uh, well, I guess they're both technically ones are more of a request, like you said. Yeah. Um, we did get a single question from the audience this week, uh, also via our Discord. It was from Jay Ball. Jay said, wow, I just started playing with Game Glass. It's amazing. I've barely gotten started in Star Citizen, and it just keeps getting better. So what shards are you guys using? There's a lot to choose from, and it's kind of overwhelming. Um, Gothic, do you use Game Glass? I'm, no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a simple man. I just have a keyboard and a mouse. I don't have any peripherals or anything. All righty. Um, have you tried it out before at all, out of curiosity? No, I looked into it, but the tablet I have is really old. So it was uh. like... It was just laggy, so I just shut it off. Yeah, I'm yeah. really old and laggy too. <laughs> that makes that makes two of us. What uh, What about you, Seaguard? Do you still use Game Glass? Oh, I I have it, and I have one of the original base packs, right? So I was, you know, I think it was Nick who kind of talked to us all about it and pointed it out for us that first time, and and it is pretty good. Um, I I have I greatly supplement it. I occasionally use it, but I think my two most common things right now is if I'm playing by myself, I use my voice attack with my HCS voice packs, which I really, really like. Um, it, it really, I mean, I, I love hearing the parrot scamper around or the cat chasing the parrot and the dog and, you know, Mr. Data telling me all the things that are wrong with what I'm thinking or asking questions about the galaxy. It, it really is. It, it makes solo play very immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it kind of does get give you that feeling of having the, the other four people on the bridge with you or five people because you can have multiple voices active um, and they're all they'll even chat amongst themselves. So uh, the other one I use is I use this stream deck and I use a um, set of programmed icons uh, that are from um, actually Icon City. Uh, it works very, very well. You, you load the template into your 
your uh, uh, stream deck. Uh, the icons are gorgeous looking. Uh, they're color coded. Um, so anything on foot like is in yellow and then they have pages set aside. So like I'm looking at the page right now that has put your helmet on, turn on your flashlight, um, use the med pen, um, wipe my visor, you know, take a selfie, uh, all sorts of things. And then, you know, you have some for powering up the ship, powering up the shields, increasing cooling. Uh, it's very well done. Uh, so I highly recommend going to Icon City, and it was it was not a bad price, and it works very very well. It's very easy to set up. So I like Game Glass, but I use the other two probably more. All right, so that's how the watch works. All right, I uh, <laughs> I've used Game Glass. I haven't used it lately, um, probably because I don't do ship combat that much. Um, I would probably use it more once kind of crew stations are further developed and they, they have shards for that. I do have the base shards for star citizen. And I think a couple, I think the mining shard, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it is fun to use and it is immersive. There's a tiny little bit of lag because I use shadow and I have to also run, um, I have to run a VPN in order for it to run. Um, on both the shadow PC and my iPad. Um, but yeah, it's pretty immersive. Uh, Jay, you may want to hook up with, um, undead parrot. I'm pretty sure his rig looks like it, uh, like it, uh, is set up to use game glass. If I'm not mistaken, at least on one screen. <laughs> um, so he, he certainly probably uses a lot, but I, it is really immersive. I hope, I hope it only gets better from here and and I hope given you know the future of MFDs it it follows suit quickly. I think they're working closely with Star Citizen now so uh should. Excellent. So that's uh the last of the questions. Uh so you know before we wrap up any closing thoughts gothic. Uh no, I mean I can't wait for them to stabilize this patch. I've been having fun with it. I mean, you know, login issues aside whenever they pop up but i don't know i feel like it hasn't been as bad as as it seemed the first couple of days okay yeah i mean i i agree with you i am super excited for it to be uh you know even more stable i've had a lot of luck but you know the occasional funky experience and it's clear that it's because of 319 or 18 rather um Seagard, what about you? Any any final closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, I'm enjoying the game, certainly. Um, I, I, yeah, we have, uh, we should be seeing Jump Point coming out because the last one was February. So if you're a subscriber, uh, don't forget to look for your Jump Point. And I noticed that in my hangar now, I have another set of skins. Yeah, they um, hadn't pre they haven't previewed that. Um, right. In advance. So if you're a subscriber, go in there and look at your hanger and you'll find that you have a set of skins. There's three different skins um, and they are sets of skins like we had with the blue ones. Um, three different, four different ships. Yeah. And then we also have the subscriber ship of the month, which is the, um, the Razor. Um, so. And that will be one with the skin. Well, 
it won't yeah, be. Yeah, it has the skin. Skin is part of the pack. Yeah, unfortunately, got. the uh, the skins won't come out till three nineteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, they're, and they're based the, on colors of the planet. So, like one of them yeah. is the Crusader blue, and they actually have an Aries, and it has a Crusader markings on it. it looks pretty good. It's the Microtech blue. Microtech, that's correct. I'm sorry. Yeah, the the, the Microtech one is is ba- they call it um, what's a, Aspire based off the Aspire Grand. And it's the colors of the micro of a lot of the microtech buildings. Then they have another one based on the trees of Crusader, and then a, another Hos- one for uh, Hosanna. Yeah, Hosanna. That's, yep. that's the one that you get the for the, the base tree, subscriber. Yep. yep. And then weird, the uh, weird colors. They're re- they're they're kind of weird colors on. They're they're not the metallics. Uh, I guess Hosanna. Yeah, they're kind of metallic. Pinky. Yeah, they're kind of pinky. I don't own any of those ships. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah, me either. So, <laughs> so I'm like, and even if I did, like for instance, <clears throat> not even if I did, but like, I, I do love me a cutter, and maybe I'll get one in game. So maybe that will be one that I can use. But I also don't love the. I don't actually like the. I don't like the um, Crusader one as much as I like the. I like the the Microtech one the best. Oh, okay. The the Lorval one's pretty cool though. It's kind of like a rusty color. Yeah. Yep. The orange, reddy, rusty color. But I think the uh, I I I like a good, nice, clean look, even for my, even yeah. for my Drake ships. <laughs> um. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. That's I love the red on the vulture. That's um, my vulture has the red good. paint on it. It's so good. Um, the textures look so amazing lately. Um, like a nice shine, not ridiculous. It looks realistic. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to share: we are closing in on the hundredth episode. So this is episode number ninety-seven, if I'm not uh, ninety-eight, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> Which means we have two more weeks of episodes. So one more next week and then our hundredth episode. Uh, I did put a call out to anyone if we if they wanted to, because the way we we tested out last week, a way to um, record a live session where instead of people submitting their responses, they can actually, you know, tell us their responses live. Um so um, we'll be doing that, hosting that on a, a Discord stage at the scheduled date. I did put out a call for people to see if anyone if anyone wanted us to record on a different day and really didn't get many responses from that. So, so far, it looks like we'll probably try to record on our normal night, um, which, you know, we don't really Somewhere have a normal Somewhere between Monday night, and but, Friday? But uh, <laughs> we'll schedule it out. <laughs> We'll schedule it out in our Discord. Likelihood, and and you know, I just got to talk with the other guys here. But likelihood would be Tuesday, two weeks from now. Um, and I would think we would probably record it a little earlier, um, since it won't be too hard to get a script together um, beforehand, since there won't be any shows. Um, so um, just keep an eye out for that. I will I will post tweets about it. I will post it in our um, Discord. Um, as soon as we have that officially pinpointed, I'll put it as an event and give you the details on how to join that. 
we'd love to have everyone as possible, as many people as possible join us. So please, um, if you can make it, please do join us. It will be a lot of fun. Um, and that, uh, that wraps things up. So if you have any questions, you can always submit them to us via email at citizencastsc at gmail.com. Uh, I do sometimes post on Twitter um, and um, more interact with other content creators on Twitter. But uh, our Twitter handle is uh, citizencastsc. You could submit a message through our anchor link. Um, you could join our CitizenCast Discord. Um, or you can always text us or leave a voicemail on our Google voice number, 646-783-8154. Um, as always, you hear from us very regularly. If you are looking for a group to play with, whether it's all the time or some of the time or occasionally, or even just people you can talk to while you're playing the game, take a look at Parlay House. It's a neutral zone for players of all types to hang out and enjoy Star Citizen. Links to the Discord can be found in the show notes. Um, and of course, I keep saying of course at the ends of these. See, I, I just have my like th- things that I can't help. Your um, foibles. My That's foibles. Right. I wish like, it circle back or anything super salesy. Yeah, let me let me circle back to you on that one. Uh, we've got a really good synergy. Space synergy, though. Um, um, we'll loop that dog. Don't we'll, that. we'll circle back on that space synergy. Um, but to also check out uh, other friends of the show who are content creators. We've got Earth Snorkel and Undead Parrot creating videos on YouTube. We have Admiral Cody and Calibri's music, much of what you can hear in this episode, uh, as well as our friends over at Star Jump who created both the Fleet Viewer, but also do tons of Twitch streaming and YouTube videos. Uh, that's Grim and VMZO. Um, so that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Look at our short episodes, huh? Yeah, that was a good one. An hour 20. I would consider that one snappy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we clocked in under two hours. That's pretty good. Um, it is. Even with yeah. George visiting. George Dumont. <laughs> there's a lot that. to say. I, I did, saw that uh, video. Was I was like, long? I was like, George is giving us five minutes of content. My goodness. <laughs> that was, that was, I was trying to get out of that mission all I had, I wanted to go, I, my eyes hurt, everything hurt, and bad things just kept coming. It's like, ah, oh, killing me. Just get shot and die. <laughs> when, when you, have you tried Seaguard uh, writing out his script phonetically so that, like, for some <laughs> so of the weird things, better. Yeah, some I, of the weird things that he pronounces? Like a Grecium? I haven't. Um, but he didn't say it as well today, so I think I spelled it wrong. Um, I think I did it two E's last time instead of EA, and I think I will do the phonetic spelling. Yeah, it does. A pretty, it go. does sound pretty good. Yeah, I it's, would say so. It's semi-convincing. Yeah.